My name is Joey Rackstead. I'm really, really, really pumped to be up here this morning. Um, thank you, Mike and Rhonda, for letting me let me have this opportunity. Um, wow, isn't Jesus awesome? Man, I'm just really, really thankful right now, guys. Really thankful for Jesus right now. Um, I'm gonna get through the things about me really quick here, and then we'll. We'll continue on with the Lord, right? So my name is Joey Rax. Like I said, um, I've been here at Harvest and my beautiful family, Danae, Gracie, and Ben. I think we've been here eight years, nine years, somewhere in there, and um, served here, there, and everywhere, and uh, just really grateful. And um, this is my first time having the, the Sunday morning slot, right? So I'm really, really, really honored, and I don't take it lightly by any means, um, because each individual, each one of you, and anyone else listening online or wherever, is so important to the Lord, right? You're so valuable and so loved by God that I consider this a great, great honor. To speak to one, but to speak to this many is, is just excellent. So thank you, Jesus. Um, there's a few things about myself, um, things I'm involved in. Here at Harvest, uh, we do some men's ministry stuff. I have a Bible study called Living Abiding. We've been doing that for a year, two, year, year and a half. I'm not sure what it is anymore. And um, that's just a time where anyone, anyone, men are welcome. That's ongoing, bi-weekly. Just contact me for that. Um, but you know what? The, the, the main goal with that is this. A, it's the word, right? B, it's fellowship together, challenging one another, encouraging one another. I want men to learn to pray. I want men to learn to worship, okay? So that's what we do. And it's not rigid, it's not, uh, not anything intimidating. So anyone's welcome, just contact me anytime for that. Other things, like uh, Paul mentioned, the men's retreat. I'm involved uh, on the Kaleo Initiative Board, and what we do is basically plans men's retreats, men's worship nights, and then stay tuned, hopefully more things in the future with that. Um, pretty much whatever we feel the Lord leading us into. Uh, and that's a community-wide a wide, uh, organization where we want to bring men together, again, to stoke the fires, right? To encourage one another, to challenge one another, and help each other grow. Uh, so again, Kaleo Initiative, um, that stuff's on Facebook, if you ever want to search for that. And then we have an upcoming uh, worship night on October, I think, 9th or 10th, something like that. So stay tuned for that. I believe that's at maybe Spirit Life, so... All right. Um, also, I, mean, I work at Doug's Machine. That's my, my day job, right? And my full-time job is loving Jesus and uh, serving him. But um, at Doug's Machine, I'm involved with the prayer team, care team. Um, I lead a Bible study there with some of these awesome guys that also work there. Really grateful for all you guys. And um, beyond that, I have a heart for the lost and evangelism, okay? So if you want to know something about me, uh, I want to preach the gospel to those who haven't heard the gospel. I love preaching to you guys, and I'm, I, I hope you all know the Lord. By the end of the, today, you'll have an opportunity. Um, but uh, evangelism and discipleship, which means in the context of evangelism, I want to equip you to share your faith. That's on my heart. That's something I, I, in, I invest in. And um, we have a, a group, myself and a couple other guys, called The Way. Yes, it's from the Acts, right? And basically that means that if you invite someone to the way, I'm inviting you to Jesus because he is the way. And uh, we basically have gatherings. We're going to kick one off hopefully really soon again. Uh, just stay tuned. If you go to Facebook, The Way Alexandria, 
that's on there. And again, that's a, it depends what Holy Spirit leads us into on that, but basically we uh, equip you to some degree, then we're gonna go out and share a faith. And I get it, it's COVID, so it's been kind of confusing, I think, for a lot of people. What can you do? But uh, we'll deal with that when we get to it. And um, you can still share your faith, amen? All right. So here's a little bit about myself. Jesus is the reason why I'm standing up here, right? If, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. I'd be, on, I'll be honest, you know, there was a time in my life when I was aimless, selfish, and isolated, okay? That would probably describe me pretty well. And um, you know what? It wasn't working out, right? The relationship suffered. I was suffering. I needed freedom in my life. And, um, and finally one day it came to the head and I made that, made that turn. That repentance finally came into my life and Christ you know, brought new life into every part of my life. Okay, so I am, I, I am completely... Uh, I owe it all to the Lord, right? Just like we were saying earlier, I owe it all to Jesus, like Curtis was saying during worship. And, um, you know, here this is kind of funny because anyone who did know me as a young person, I was pretty quiet, and I'm still quiet. I don't mind being quiet. But at the same time, I was shy. I, was a, I had fear of man. But you know what came in when I repented and turned to the Lord? The fear of the Lord came in, right? And now, if I'm looking at him, I, I can't fear anything else. He is so majestic and so powerful I've lost all my other fear, right? It's, it's incredible, and that's available to each one of us. We all don't need a stage. That's not what I'm saying, but the fear of man is an, is an idol. It is a trap, the word says. So uh, this is an opportunity. Anytime you have, opportunity, have an opportunity to speak Jesus, it's an eternal opportunity, and don't, don't pass it up. Um, you know, I'm going to jump through this a little bit quicker, I think. Um, True repentance came to my life. That's number one. Then what? The word of God. I became a consumer, a daily consumer of the word of God, and it transformed the way I think, right? The way I believe. And um, no compromise. You can't have compromise in your life, guys. I was double-minded. Double-mindedness had to go, all right? I now have a single vision, and that's Jesus, okay? Um, also, I cut out things that were sucking my attention and my love, in my passion and my devotion. There's things in our lives that take up so much of us and uh, we need to sometimes cut those out. I'll challenge you if you feel like, I don't know, I don't got time to serve Jesus. I don't got whatever you think you don't have. I believe you do. I know you do. We all have the same amount of time, right? Uh, so cut those things out. Make some room. In fact, it should be the first place, right? That secret place the Lord. Um, and I do take this gospel very seriously. You know, there's, there's um, the reality that when you fully surrender to the Lord, to Christ, and you make him Lord of your life, um, you can't look at life the same way anymore. Isn't that true? Has anyone experienced that? When you say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I can't look at my life and the things I'm doing the same way. And um, I'm accountable to that. I'm, I'm responsible for the revelation that I've received. And I have an urgency that does not go away, okay? But I still have to choose every day. I have to choose to obey him. I have to choose, you know, you know he says himself, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, okay? If you want to know if you love him, just look at your life. You'll see it right away. You'll say, well, I love him, but let's take a step back. Do you know what he's called you to do? What are the things he's spoken in your life? Am I obedient when I have feel that nudge, that whisper, 
Am I obedient to the command for holiness in my life to honor the Lord? Hallelujah. So, obedience. And you know what? To be honest, guys, I'm not, I'm not running this race perfect yet. You know, one day we'll come to that point when Jesus comes. But I'm going to keep on running. Okay? As much energy as I have, I'm going to put it in. Lord willing, Lord, help me do that. Uh, but, you know, there's times I can try to drown out that call of the gospel in my life. I can try to silence it and hush it and get busy and not want to deal with it for a while. But you know what? It nags. It comes back in a good way. It's there. It is there. You know, he's faithful, just like Jonah, right? You can run from that call, but he'll come after you. Amen. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. And how many of you know, if you ignore a flame long enough, right? If you don't add any fuel to that flame, it's going to burn low, lower and lower. If you don't, if you forget it, neglect it, right? I don't want to deal with it right now. You know, everything's just too weird. It's too hard to figure out. You know, that flame can die out. I'm not going to say you're losing your salvation if you know the Lord. I'm just saying that flame, that burning passion to follow him will, will wane. And we need to be very, very careful. And this is the main difference I want you to take from my testimony is this. Personal relationship with Jesus. Because I can tell you, I grew up in a, in a wonderful setting, Christian setting, good family, all the things, but I thought I was good enough. And I said a prayer and hoped, as long as I hoped that it was going to work out and try to avoid a bunch of the bad stuff, you know. And guess what? It, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And why? Because I didn't come into a full repentance where I fully gave my life, where then I didn't have something blocking his voice. Sin blocks his voice, in case you didn't know. It comes right in the way. I'm going to tell you, any sin in this world is nothing compared to one word from the mouth of God to my heart. It's not, it's not worth one word of God. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus, it says he was tempted in all points, yet without sin, just as we are. Yet without sin, I mean, people hear that and they think, Oh my goodness, like all the sin, like every sin, sin's awesome. How did he resist sin? That's amazing. I'm like, really? Really sin's that good, huh? No, 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 no. You see, Jesus came from the Father. He understand, understood perfect relationship. Sin doesn't compare to perfect communion with God. There's pleasures forevermore at his right hand. Isn't that amazing? This is the God we serve. I better get moving because I got a lot to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. So intimacy in the secret place with Jesus, there is no replacement for it. No one else can know the Lord for you or I. Isn't that right? No one else can worship him for me. No one else can give him my life. I have to do it. I get to do it. It's a privilege. <laughs> so I'll say this. If you neglect your quiet time, if you want to call it, or it's the secret place, somewhere where you commune with Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. If you neglect that, uh, it can cause, it can be dry and empty like that flame. Can, it can burn low. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's not just like you'll be missing out on something. I'm going to tell you it's dangerous. I'm going to say that in a loving way. It's a dangerous thing to neglect the love of the Lord, the Word of God. If we miss it, who knows? Where are we going to go? What are we going to fall into? What deception might we fall into if we don't stay close to the shepherd? Right? Does that make sense? All right. I'm just speaking some truth. 
All right, last part of my testimony, become a worshiper, all right? Become a worshiper. If you're worshiping him, I'm gonna tell you this other stuff is just gonna, it's gonna fall to the wayside. It's gonna fall to the wayside. You'll learn to worship, you'll learn to love. And in worship, it's both ways. Man, I'm there for him, then he shows up there and speaks to me. And worship isn't just Sunday morning, amen, right? It's 24-7, man. I will, man, women. And go to bed with a song in your heart. Speak to him. Speak to me in my dreams, Lord. Amen. Ask him to speak to you in your dreams. And you wake up. Sometimes I wake up with a song on my tongue that I didn't know I had. Sometimes I wake up with a word on my tongue that he's trying to give me revelation. I have no idea what it even is. Literally. No clue. All right, so I got to move on. All right, so that's a little bit of my testimony. Current times, guys, you said it. Jesus is the answer for the current times. If you're wondering, I don't know what to do in this time, the gospel is the answer. The good news is the answer. Why? Because societies, peoples, individuals, nations, the entire world needs personal, internal transformation, and that will cause the change in the, in the majority. That's where it starts. It is internal transformation. The gospel is the thing that does that. The good news of Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. Okay, that's how you get people. Well, I'm not gonna get into it. Okay, the gospel is the answer. If you felt numb, I get it. I've been there. I just want you to know, we're not called just to be faithful when it's easy, right? Uh, this, is, this is my point for the current times. It's spiritual. The current uh, trends and happenings in our nation, in the world, spiritual, not natural. Right. I'm sorry. Right. All things. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're connected. It's not just natural. All right? They were, all things were formed, right, from the spiritual. These are lesser things. These are lesser lights down here. And these things are spiritual. And what does that mean? We don't need to get discouraged. We actually need to stand up. All right? This is for me too. I'm not saying I did this right. But it's time now. Okay, repent, turn, get back going. We need to be so diligent in prayer because it matters. Your prayers matter. What you do as priests, the royal priesthood of the Lord matters. Okay, so be encouraged in that. And this is it for the current times. Jesus hasn't changed. So where is he at? Well, he hasn't changed anything. He didn't stop doing what he was doing before. Isn't that cool? Isn't that encouraging? It's encouraging to me. He says, take heart. I've overcome the world. All right. So I'm going to get in my message here, make sure I can get you guys out of here at a decent time. And uh, I'm just going to pray, okay? Now let's not, I want to encourage you guys, when you pray, don't be in a hurry. You don't have something better to do. You don't have something better to say. Let's pray, all right? Quiet your hearts. Jesus, I thank you for your blood. Thank you for mercy, God. Your cleansing power there's power that cleanses and removes. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. None. So we just step in and receive your mercy today, Jesus. We want to glorify you in our hearts, in our minds, in the meditation of our hearts, and in our actions, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit, and speak to each one of us, including me, Change us, mold us, and shape us. We just adore you, Lord. You are all-powerful, and you are present.
Thank you that there's no distance in your spirit. Hallelujah. There's no distance in your spirit. You aren't our distant king. You're very near. You're an ever-present help in times of trouble. I glorify you, Jesus. Be enthroned in this house. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So, with this kind of thing for me, guys, I'll be honest, I'm a last-minute person in a way because I really want to hear the voice of the Lord right, like right now for you, for me. You know, so I didn't take it off a shelf somewhere. Uh, he's had some things in my heart. And we know if you got the gospel in your bones and it burns, boy, this feels really good to have a chance to speak. Okay, so I, again, I'm grateful. All right, if you want to, if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn to John chapter 1. We're going to move through the book of John for a little bit here. I'm going to read some scripture. Is that okay? Great, All right. We're going to jump in verse 36, John chapter 1. And in John, you're going to see multiple examples of different groups of people seeking Jesus for very different reasons. All right, so just pay attention. We're going to jump through a bunch here. Okay, so the thing I want you to ask yourself when you're seeing these stories is, do I see myself in there? The question for us is, what, what, who, first of all, who do I say Jesus is, and what am I still seeking? Okay, is he enough for me? All right, so first, John 1.36, John the Baptist says this, Behold the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day for about the tenth hour. Okay, so what were they seeking? They were seeking the one sent by God. This is good. This is a good one, okay? This is what we want. Okay, and then what? They were seeking to be with him. That's what, that is a good thing. That's amazing. And they got to spend the day with the Lord. Okay? This is a good seeking. Next, I'm, I'm going to jump through, so don't, don't feel like you have to keep up. If you don't want to, I'm going to read it for you. John chapter 3, 1 through 3. This is Nicodemus. Okay, he's a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, now Nicodemus, let's talk about him. Say, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, right? He was a little afraid, a little afraid to be seen with Jesus, right? Because he had position. But to his benefit, he had questions and he, that he needed answered. He said, no one could do this unless he was sent by God. So he recognized something in Jesus, but he had questions. Those are good. If you have questions for Jesus, go to him. If you don't know the answer, that's okay. Like, he will answer your questions, guys. He will meet you there. Okay? And here's the thing. Jesus told him he must be born of the Spirit. And he goes on to tell them, this is right before John 3, 16, he tells us in Nicodemus, and he goes to him, for God so loved the world that I was sent. Right? So Nicodemus had questions. He was a little ashamed to be seen with Jesus, but Jesus said, for God so loved the world, I came for you. He's not ashamed to answer your questions. Okay? But ask yourself, am I ashamed to be seen with Jesus? 
right? Do we like to keep it kind of hush-hush? Keep it inside the church doors? Be honest with yourselves. Sometimes I do too. Lord, help us. All right? Moving on. John chapter 5, verse 18. The Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. That's a little different, right? A little different from the last ones. Okay, but they were still seeking him. Totally different reason. Why? Well, he was healing people on the Sabbath and calling God his father. Okay? Not okay, right? Not okay to these Jews. Okay? They, did, they opposed him. Even though he was doing mighty works in the name of God. He, they opposed Jesus. Okay? We're going to see many different people from many different viewpoints and stand, standing at different points in their view of Jesus and their opinion of Jesus. Okay? And we see that today as well. And Jesus tells them in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So eternal life is standing in front of them and they want to kill him. All right, we can get real twisted. We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to give us vision. John 6, I'm going to keep moving. John 6, uh, verse 2. The large crowds were following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Okay, the crowds are coming because they saw Jesus healing people. That's a good thing, right? If you need healing in your body today, I'm going to tell you Jesus still heals today. He is the same today. There's a false Christ out there that people have created that does not heal anymore. I'm going to tell you he, he, that's not Jesus. That's not the Jesus you came to. That's not the living, living God, okay? It is right for these people to seek him for healing. And here's what Jesus said. He said, he came to destroy the works of the devil. If you still see works of the devil, he's still into destroying them, all right? He's still doing it. It's a little different because it does, he does it through, through us by the spirit. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. And now, verse 15, Jesus, perceiving that they, the large crowds, were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. He wasn't looking for man's approval because in this same uh, book, the same gospel, he says, I know what's in man. He didn't entrust himself to man. And notice that they were going to force him to become their earthly king. Why did they think they could do that? Because one verse earlier, they declared him to be the prophet who was to come, not the son of God. They thought he could be an earthly ruler. And honestly, that's the big debate among many religions nowadays still, right? Who used the name of Jesus? They say, well, we believe in Jesus. If you ever talk to a Muslim, God bless him, help him. I've talked to him, shared the gospel with him. They've heard a lot of it. They say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Abraham, you know, they, they go on about this. Yes, but who do you say that he is? Okay, who do you say that he is? And, we, and then you go on and you talk about what Jesus actually said. But they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe he's the son of God. Okay, that's a trap. He's a good teacher, a holy man. No, Jesus didn't leave room for that. So let me ask you, do you think that you can take Jesus and make him into the king of your earthly kingdom? Right, just as they wanted to take him put him in place so that he could serve them and, you know, 
do whatever it is that they needed done, set them free from the oppressive rulers and put them in power. I think a lot of us try to put him as king of our earthly kingdoms. That is a false Christ. Matthew 6, 13 declares, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Not ours, not ours. I want your kingdom to come, Lord, and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, next, are you seeking him for what he can give you in the natural? Because in verse 22, this is right after that, the next day the crowd that remained, so the ones that are still sticking around, okay, they couldn't find Jesus, they got into boats, went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. Verse 26, Jesus tells them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the fill of the loaves. Okay, first they came because of the signs. Then they were coming for healing. Now he says, no, now you don't even care about that. You actually just came because you wanted more bread. It's amazing. They switched that fast. And he says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal and next he tells them to believe in him and they ask him for a sign, okay? And they, they want to talk about the manna in the wilderness that their fathers ate. And finishing John 6, Jesus tells them that he is the bread from heaven. Again, he's standing in front of them. He's saying, I am the bread from heaven, from the Father. They don't want it. They want earthly bread. Lord, help us. And after, okay, and then Jesus tells them this. He said, Verse 53, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. I'm going to tell you, when we hear about the blood of Jesus, apart from that, you can't, you can't do it. You cannot come to the Father. You have to come to Jesus. But guess what? Verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Okay, so these disciples all left. First they got bread, they got miracles, they got healings. But eh, this is a little too hard for us to kind of agree with. You know, this kind of offends us. We're not so sure you're really on track here. This doesn't really make sense. It's not logical to us. Okay, does Jesus offend you? Do some of the things that we read in the word of God, the living word, offend us when we read them? Do we want to kind of skip over them? Sometimes, right? I'll tell you, until I repented, I didn't want to read them. Not a chance. I didn't want to see the reality of that. But I really want to see it now. So, does Jesus' teaching offend us? Okay, we need spiritual ears to hear. Because he says in this same chapter, chapter that his words are spirit and they are life. Apart from the Spirit, you can't receive. You can't do it on your own. That's why anyone can go read the Bible, right? Get done with it and say, eh, it's kind of a good read, kind of weird. Not sure about some of the themes in there. Jesus seemed kind of cool. But there's no revelation, right? Why? Because of the heart posture. They didn't come to the Lord for him. They just want to get some knowledge. We can get a knowledge base by grabbing any book, all right? But it doesn't mean it's going to change us. We can just use it to throw it around on the Internet, beat people with it, right? Sometimes, otherwise, we can just feel good about ourselves because we know the answer. It's not, it's not the same, it's not the same. So, don't avoid any part of the Bible. Read the whole thing 
devour it. Because Jesus said, I am the bread. He's our daily bread. He's the living word. He's the word made flesh. If you think you can thrive as a believer in Christ apart from his word, you're deceived. Lord, help us. We need him. We need his life. It's a living word. Your spirit man, again, I talk about that fire, your spirit man will wither up without the word of God nourishing that spirit man. Withers up. And guess what? The flesh gets really loud. When the spirit man withers up, it's really loud. My, oh my, okay. Holy Ghost. So, moving on. All right, we need to see him fully revealed through the word. He is the word made flesh. Um, oh, I really like that video beforehand. The blood of Jesus. And at the very end, it comes to the, the scripture and you see Jesus outlined in the scripture. Okay, so if you go to the word of God and you don't look for him, you've missed it. The word, it reveals Christ. Okay, we can see him if we seek him. You will see Christ revealed Genesis through Revelations. It is amazing. Wow. Okay, next up. Are you seeking the risen Christ or a dead Christ? Sounds kind of harsh. Hear me out. First, we talk about this. We must all come to the cross. The cross before me, the world behind me. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. He is the spotless lamb. We cannot come to the Father without Jesus. Okay, we have to remember that. I was crying when I listened to that video because his, his sacrifice is so precious. His mercy is so pure. So come to Jesus. But we need to remember that there's life after the cross, isn't there? Amen. Right? We don't serve a dead, a dead Christ. He came out of the grave, all right? And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and I. Right, Caleb? Amen. Amen. He's alive in us, okay? So if we go, okay, I don't want to lose where my track here, but I trust the Holy Spirit. So if, if um, excuse me. Anyway, so I, I want to get off track. Holy Spirit, check me. Um, Again, our Savior is no longer hanging on that tree, guys. Okay, there's life after the, after the cross. We need to come to the cross, and then we need to be brought through to the resurrection. We need to be brought through. We've been left high and dry in Christianity, I will not lie. Many, 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 many believers left high and dry, sitting on that hill, which, again, we need not forget the cross. But you cannot sit there. They need to move on if you come to Christ. We have to be brought through to the resurrection. Why? I believe, you know, the church at large, you know, we preach a message of grace without transformation, which I believe, again, same thing, left a multitude sitting on that hill, not knowing what to do next because they can't leave. Why? I have to keep going back, right? Sometimes we're, they're sitting on the hill and then no one brings them through to the resurrection power of Christ living in you to transform your life so you can be a witness, an ambassador, and guess what? They're still back on the hill and there's no certainty because they have not felt the transformative power of the living God inside of them. They've simply gone and said a prayer. Okay, you can come to an altar, right? 
And this isn't my line, but I really respect the man who spoke it. He said, you can come to an altar and not come to Jesus. You can say words as a prayer and go back out and do the things you're doing before. There's no change. We need to change. The gospel, the true gospel, transforms. So let me, let me go through this really quick. Again, many don't know that they're made new creations in Christ and that we have bold access to his throne of grace, which I believe is why there is a lost Christian generation. They're lost, I'm telling you. They're still out there seeking something. And many have wandered from that hill back down to the other side, back to religion, back to dead works, back to the world, because their life didn't seem any different anyways. Right? They believe they're just sinners who still need forgiveness again and again. We still need to walk in repentance. Do you understand what that means? But I'm not continually going backwards saying, I'm just a sinner. You know, you become a saint. You become righteous, made righteous through Jesus. It's not you doing it. Don't get all, oh, I'm, I'm a sinner. No, no, no. If you're humble, you receive mercy. If you're humble, you receive Christ. And uh, so, I love this. You know, Paul, I think I believe Paul says this. For I've been crucified, not this Paul, but you can say it too. For I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, right? And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live through faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me, okay? That's a new creation life. That isn't dependent on, oh, I don't know if the Lord loves me today. I don't know if I can uh, preach the gospel because I did this wrong back whenever and I don't know if I'm going to... No, 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 that's, that's a lie. You're under, you're under deception. There's more. I'm not, I'm not getting into all of that, but with that in mind, you know, this, 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 this just gets me. It, it makes more sense, some, you know, excuse me, it makes more sense how someone could think like this after talking about that, but I got to bring it up. Bono says it so well that I'm going to quote a verse from one of U2's hit. Any, any U2 fans out here? U2, come on. Bono in the house, you know, rock and roll. All right, he literally says this. This is the verse. Every time I hear it, I, I just like, man, what? What is missing here? He says, you broke the bonds and you loose the chains. Carried the cross and all my shame, all my shame. You know I believe it. But what? But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, what, what happened? If you came to Christ and he took your yeah. sin and gave you freedom, yeah. what, what else is there? What else is there? But I'll tell you, if you just come to him to get a ticket out and then go on with your life, you'll keep searching for everything else. Because yeah. if you never come to know Jesus personally, it's not the same. It's not the same. He is a living person. We need to know him personally. Okay. The world needs a full gospel delivered to them. Amen. Not a gospel that coddles people, but one that conforms them to the likeness of Christ by the grace that is undeserved mercy, right? And the power of God. Okay. So we've accepted a gospel void of power. 
And in our modern age, right? I think many in our modern age are described really well in this scripture. It says this, having a form of godliness, yet denying its power. What does that mean? I believe there is a dividing line and it's the spirit of God. You can talk about Jesus. You can talk about being good and righteous. But I'm going to tell you, there's a spirit line right here. And unless you accept by faith and receive the spirit of God, you're just walking it out in, in, just in thought and theory. In thought and in theory. So, 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power, and his power is by his spirit. All right, my last section, I believe. The true Christ revealed. So you might be thinking, well, how can I know the true Christ then? There seems to be so many counterfeits. Counterfeits. A revelation of who he is comes by the word through the spirit. Okay? I believe the Holy Spirit is, the, the word of God by the Holy Spirit is a seed of desire and a seed of revelation. Right? The Holy Spirit comes inside and he actually yearns for the Lord. He searches the deep things of the Lord. He gives us the mind of Christ. It's the seed of desire. It's the desire for the things of God and to know Jesus. Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. So, when Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? He answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus tells him, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We need to receive that revelation. So ask yourself, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? You know, you and I need the Holy Spirit. We talked about that. And when we read the word again, we need to look for Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal him when we're reading. We don't just read to gain a, a talking point for our next Bible study. Amen? So friends, Jesus tells us to do something. He says, Luke 13, 24, he says, to strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able so they're seeking to enter this narrow door, but they can't. Why? What happened? What's going on? Okay. One, Jesus is the door. He says, I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. So many are trying to enter, but they cannot. Why? 14, this is Luke 13, verse 24, and then I got, I don't know what, where this other verse came from. Um, but it says this, he says, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So why are there few who find it? Because I'm going to tell you, we're not looking for a narrow gate or a difficult way. We don't want a difficult way. We want an easy way. We want a self-serving way. We want a way that makes us feel good. Mercy. We need mercy. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the only way. It's a difficult way. It's the best way. It's the most fulfilling way. You'll have the most pleasure, peace, and contentment that way, but it's not just easy. All right, let me continue. Um, to those, oh, excuse me, and he tells us very specifically, you will suffer for my name's sake and be persecuted for the sake of the gospel. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's all joy, right? It's not, it's hard, but it's not. Okay, Jesus says this. To those who did not receive him and thought they could reach God by some religious means, he says this, John 8, 21, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Harsh word, Jesus. Really? There's no other way, huh? Nope. That's it. I really like the clarity there. But that's not, 
that is not for you and I. I'm going to tell you, there will be a day when he will not be able to be found by you. You say, I got my whole life. There's going to come a day when he will not be able to be found by you. Why? You don't know if you're promised tomorrow. He's not going away. But there's going to come a day when there's no more opportunity left. He's le he, left, he left it wide open. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But today's not that day, right? You're here. We're here. 2 Corinthians 2.6, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's today. Amen. Today is the day. All right, there's no other gospel. There's no other way to God. There's only one Jesus. There's no other Christ. And we must know him personally and the power of his resurrection. We must love his word and honor his spirit. I'm going to read just a few scriptures. And I'm going to invite the worship team up. 2 Corinthians 11, 2 through 4. For I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband. This is Paul speaking of the church. I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Eh, I'm not going to really keep myself on that narrow of a road. I'm going to kind of float here, float there. That sounds interesting. Well, I'm going to let you guys think whatever. No. Galatians 1, 6 through 12. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. If you think there's another one, there isn't. There's only one. There's only one. He says, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But he says this, and be very, very clear on this. He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For I, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man like I used to, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was preached to by me was not man's gospel. This is Paul speaking. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ by the Spirit, the living Word of God. The gospel, the one true gospel of the one true Jesus, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation for all mankind. Worship team, you're welcome to come up. We'll close. Thank you so much. So I want to just close with these thoughts, guys. Thanks for your attention, your time. Everyone who comes, everyone, all of us come and we seek out Jesus for many different reasons, right? But rarely just for him. Rarely just to serve him and to do his will. We come for so many other reasons. I want promotion. I want a stage. I want to look good to my friends and family. I want to make sure that I, I want prosperity and happiness and all these things. Great. I'm going to tell you they're found in Jesus. They're found in Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's my last point here. That is why it stands out so very much when the woman comes and anoints Jesus and wipes his feet with her hair. She wasn't there to take something from him. 
She is pouring out her thanksgiving and love at his feet because he's worthy. So men and women, that stands out to the Lord. He hears and responds to that posture. Lord, I say, let me go lower that you may be lifted higher. And there's good news today. This is the gospel. Jesus says, and the Lord says this, he said in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's a promise. He's not holding back. He's not distant. He's not trying to stay away. We have an opportunity today to go all in. Luke 19, 10, Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So he's seeking you. He sought me. I get it. I've got to go after him, but I can't take that, that credit. He came for me. It wasn't my great idea. It's his mercy. The Apostle Paul states that if Christ has not been raised, then we are the most to be pitied of all. But I'm going to tell you, he's been raised. We have an eternal hope. But I'm going to challenge you right now because I love to challenge myself because I need it. If the gospel, this good news, ends with us, then I say we are the most selfish and loveless of all humanity. I say that in a loving way. I say if this gospel ends with me, I've held on to the key to life and I've neglected to give it to you. Let's not be that church. Let's not be those believers. If we believe it, act on that. Let's share this good news. When I received Jesus, I received everything. But I've daily got to come to a fuller, fuller, more mature revelation of who He is. Right? There's a continual seeking of the Lord. We all must do. I must keep seeking Him. You must keep seeking Him. If you don't know Him personally and intimately now, you won't know Him when He comes one day and you'll shrink back in shame, the Bible tells us. We don't want to be that person. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus plus nothing is everything. He's everything. And I'm going to tell you this strong word. It's a warning. I'm going to tell you that, my friends, God is removing the middle ground, okay? It's not going to exist anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to honor your time here. It's not going to exist anymore unless you're a religious ice cube or you're a burning flame for Christ. You won't find any ground to stand on. You won't find it. It's not going to be there. You won't find a place. So I'm going to encourage you to burn for Jesus. Revelation says he will spit you out of his mouth for lukewarm. There's not a place for it. There's not a place for it. So I'm going to just open up the altar, okay? If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, always do it now. Don't wait. Don't say I'm too good for that. I've got enough going on. I've done it, okay? Make it real. Make it real. You don't have to have some grotesque sin in your life. It just means that your heart has grown callous to the call of your master. It means your heart no longer pumps for his desires, your attention, affection, or elsewhere. But I'm going to tell you the hour is now for the open door. I believe it's the 11th hour. I'm not saying a time. I believe it's the 11th hour. Return to the things you did at first. Return to your first love. And if you've never experienced that love, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm just going to invite you guys, if you need to rededicate your hearts to the Lord and your lives, because we believe a lot of things, but do we, do we know him? If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to pray with you today. Okay, and I'm going to have altar workers, if you want to come up, 
please do. Come on up right now. I'll bring the lights down just a minute. We're going to get out of here. You'll be free in just one minute. All the workers, come on up. Listen, today is the day. If you need to rededicate your hearts to the Lord, you don't have to come up if you don't want to, but there's going to be people here to pray with you. And for those of you who have never experienced the relationship I told you about when I started and shared my testimony, that's available to all of us today. That's a bit available today. If I don't know if anyone's watching on over the airwaves. Today's the day. If you want to receive Jesus, listen to me. Repent of your sin. I'm going I'm to pray with you right now. Okay, let's turn our hearts and turn our eyes to Jesus. All right? If you need to pray for salvation, just pray along with me. Say, Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. Apart from you, I can do nothing. I need your mercy today. So I repent of my sin, my lifestyle, and I turn wholly to you right now, and I ask for your mercy. Wash me in your blood. Wash me, Lord, wash me. I give you my whole life right now. You are Lord of my life. Jesus, I submit to your will. In Jesus' name.